because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, to set at liberty them that are bruised. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Let your light so shine before men. Welcome back to Marie Speaks God's Grace Bible Study. This is season four of this beautiful ministry where we go book by book, verse by verse, studying the true, incorruptible, infallible, everlasting, living Word of God. Now, before we get into the intro, I wanted to come on and say hello and blessings be to the ever-loving, living God. Thank you for coming back to another wonderful season. I want to encourage everyone to gather their favorite version of the Bible. Maybe some water, maybe some coffee, maybe even some tea. Get your notebook, get your pens and paper, because we are going to dive into the biblical teaching reading out of the Geneva 1560 edition of the Bible, and then the historical teaching reading out of a Bible's handbook along with other sources that you can find off of our main social media page at minds.com, Marie Speaks God's Grace Bible Study, and then we will go into a spiritual teaching reading out of the Blue Stone Torah. Now, these teachings are made to encourage and educate the church on the true living gospel of our Father who is in heaven. Now, a little bit of housekeeping. Donations are always appreciated. So if the Spirit so leads you by our Father to donate, please do. The links are in the description box. Or what really helps out is helping pay for advertising. How can you do this? Well, I'm glad you asked. A like and a heart and a share roughly is a donation of about $35 to $55, depending on your, uh, your friends list. So please, children of God, go out there, like, heart, and share, and let's share the good news. Now, let's get into our intro, and I pray in Jesus' name we all get something out of this Bible study. Amen.
I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands one nation under God indivisible with liberty and justice Hello, children of God. Welcome back to Marie Speaks God's Grace Bible Study. Before we get into Numbers chapter 2, let's give a praise and a raise to our Almighty Father who is in heaven. Father God, in the blessed name of our Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we come before you and we thank you for another wonderful day. We thank you for blessing us abundantly in all aspects of our life and covering us in the loving, saving blood of our Yeshua HaMashiach our Christ, our beloved, our wonderful, merciful Savior, the one who gave it all for us so that one day we could all be together with you, Father, and you 
will be able to dwell amongst us and you will again be our king. Father, as we were having Sabbath dinner this evening, I found myself praying for our Jesus. Now I know you don't need me, God. I'm just one of your many servants. But I found myself thinking about why I get to have this Sabbath meal. And I'm, I found myself apologizing, saying, I'm so sorry, God. I'm so sorry we, we aren't better children to and for you. I'm so sorry that all of these things had to come to pass, that our Jesus had to suffer because we couldn't get right with you, God. And as we read this book of Numbers, I pray this speaks to the children of God out there. This is all our Father has been trying to get. His stubborn, stiff-necked, hard-headed children to be and do. And it's follow God's laws according to His word. Not our word or their word, but God's word. So that He can protect us shield us guide us and we can lean on him and not anything else sometimes i feel like god must think when will he ever be enough for us and i don't know if that makes sense to anyone else but when i read the gospel and i read jesus saying you know abraham was here and he waited for me moses was here and, and they wanted to see this day and you get to see this day like how can you not understand that i'm standing before you i hear god pleading with his children like why am i not enough for you i'm the creator of the universe i truly pray as we go into the sabbath evening and the day tomorrow that as we all read and study our scripture and, and go into prayer time or praise and rate time that we take a moment to thank god and let him know that he is more than enough he is our everything god is the true love of our life amen so thank you father Thank you for doing everything you have done, everything you are doing, and everything you will do to make sure that we are all who love you together with you again. We pray this on the mighty name of our Jesus Christ of Nazareth, filled with the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKadosh, and sealed with the blood of Christ. Amen. <laughs> I was trying to move that. Oh, alrighty, so there we go. Alright, children of God, welcome back to Marie Speaks God's Grace Bible Study. And I normally have a change of music when we get into the Bible study. 
I don't know why I didn't do that last time or this time, but I will get that done next time. But until then, what you see on the screen before you is our website, mariespeaksgodsgrace.live, because we serve a living God. And as you scroll down our website, you will see the links to our previous Bible study along with the previous Bible study blog and then the current blog for this Bible study. If you would like, you can look at it ahead of time, read along as we go or catch up and see it later. We have our latest intro. Oh, God really spoke to me. I am the Good Shepherd. Amen. Yes, you are, Lord. Every time I make an intro, I always love to pray to our Father. And I feel He leads me and guides me in creating the intro. So I'm actually really excited to make the next intro uh, for next week's Bible study. I hope others will like that as well. Um, as we said before in the introduction, lightharting and sharing pays for advertising. This is the QR code for the website. Please download it and save it to your phone. And when you are talking to others who are just coming to Christ and saying they need an online Bible study, something to listen to instead of all that trash that's on TV and all that trash that's on the radio, let's listen to some biblical teaching. Hallelujah. Tell them, share this QR code with them. So they can come to the website and get all of our social media links and spend their time searching the word of God. Amen. Amen. All right. And as you continue to scroll, you will see our many social media links. Minds.com is the main social media link that we use to update and share. As you click on Minds.com and you select blogs, this will take you to our Minds.com Marie Speaks God's Grace page. And this is the cover for Numbers Chapter 2 blog that we have scheduled today. So before we get into the historical teaching, I just want to thank everybody for the warm welcome back. I got so many messages and um, shares and rumbles. Shout out to Rumbo um, and on Facebook. I was pleasantly surprised. I feel God um, increases us more and more each day with his wisdom and with his knowledge and I love reflecting on the season one and now we're in season four just to see the progress that we have made. It's a beautiful thing. So I just pray others get something out of this Bible study. And yes, this Bible study is for beginners, but I pray that we share enough intermediate and a little bit of advanced items. So when beginners hear um, the advanced and intermediate items later from wherever they learn and grow after they leave this Bible study. They aren't fearful. They don't turn away and run away from the spiritual side of the gospel. Because let's remember God is the great spirit. Amen. And our father lives in the spiritual realm. And someday we will return back to the spiritual realm onto him. So it is important to know what we are fighting against, how we can fight for our father, and how we can remove a lot of these items from our life so we can have the most obedient, 
holy God-driven life while here on earth um, because we love our Father. And yes, we're going to have great rewards in heaven, but the greatest reward is our Jesus and to be in the presence of Almighty God and His beautiful Holy Spirit. That is the greatest. Let's be honest, even a shack, if there is a shack in heaven, uh, for lack of a better word, Father, but let's say there were shacks in heaven. I'm pretty sure I know I would be happy with a shack. I'd be like, God, I'm good. As long as I'm with you, hallelujah, I feel that so strongly. As long as I'm with you, Lord, it doesn't matter if it's a, a shack, a tent, a bungalow. I just want to be where you are. Amen? Amen. That's what matters, getting to Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right, so let's go over the historical part of this Bible study. I am going to be using on the screen... Um, several showings of the Haley Bible's handbook and we're going to get into that. First, let's go over what's in the link. So this link right here shows us Haley Bible's handbook, the electronic version. And I try to stress to beginner Christians um, because they're brand new and learning that hard copy Bibles are the best. Now, older hard copy Bibles are, in my opinion, the greatest Bibles we can have. It's nice to have it electronic when you don't want to carry your hardcover Bible. You know what? They're softcover Bibles. And I get the convenience of just whipping out your phone and, and being able to read the Bible. But electronic versions are easily manipulated it doesn't matter if it's scanned at pdf i don't know how they manipulate it because i'm not a computer whiz um but i know this the only thing that's going to change an old book before 1950 1960 books is the hand of god okay once it's been printed it's been printed anything new printed can and has been altered let's be honest so copyright dates matter, printing dates matter, versions of the Bible matter, and whether it's electronic or hard copy, all these things matter because we want to get down to preserving God's word and trying to have a version of the Bible that doesn't have so many words changed from what it was originally intended to state. Amen? All right. So Numbers chapter 2 and 4. This is what the Haley Bible Sectronic Version reviews. The organization of the camp. Now, the Haley Bible's handbook reads this. Every detail was assigned with military precision. This was necessary in the handling so vast of a crowd of people. Now, remember, um, in the last Bible study, they did a census, right? And they had to put a shekel um, into the donation because they couldn't count the man. They, they had to count the shekel. So they estimated by the shekels there was about three to four million individuals, including, you know, the older men, the, the younger men, the women, and the children. The tribes were arranged in specific locations around the tabernacle when they camped. 
and they also had a specific marching order when they traveled, which we're going to get into that also. The arrangement, see the diagram below, I will show everyone next, allowed for an orderly transition from camping to traveling. Judah and the eastern tribes led the march. The tabernacle was protected by the southern and western tribes to the south and north north respectfully while the northern tribes brought up the rear mm. excuse me i just needed to drink some water in jesus name amen living waters all right so what you see on the screen before you this is a screenshot of the haley's bible handbook electronic version so please keep this in mind now this shows a brief diagram of what they state were were how the tribes led to and out. So the furthest right would have been how they were marching out. Because you see that the tribe Judah is in the lead. Then there's Reuben. Then there's Ethan. Then there's Dan. Then there's Judah again. Right? Alright. So we can see where they believe the masses were for marching and then for encamping so where judah is again is where the camping is but when they're marching out there were different orders and we're gonna do a read through for that because honestly i found this diagram a little bit confusing so the version of Haley Hans book that I have is the 18th edition of the 24th revision. The one you see on the screen right here is the electronic version NIV copyright of 2000, the 25th edition. These small differences in edition and revisions, they matter. Remember, the one I'm going to show you now is the 18th edition. 24th revision so this is the 18th edition which you see on the screen this is my hard copy of the haley's handbook that i probably got for maybe two dollars at a thrift store and i love it now it in my opinion has a little bit more detail because it talks about the maria rites, what are on top of the tabernacle, the Kohanites, which are um, south of the tabernacle, and then the Gershonites, which are to the left of the tabernacle, and then there was Moses and Aaron on the right, correct? Okay, so I like the way this shows that this is broken up for the assignments for the camping, because in my opinion, what God stated is that the tabernacle priests they would be set to guard um the tabernacle they were to be at stations we went over this we went over the bible verse they were to ensure that god's presence was secure and that it was guarded by his holy warrior priests amen Every tribe was to be ready and equipped 
to go into battle if the tabernacle was ever god forbid <laughs> attacked amen it was it was never supposed to be penetrable hallelujah if some stranger or something even came near and touched the tabernacle they were they would drop dead now that really spoke to me how god I'm going to try to watch my words here. God calls his elite. God leads the spirits and souls of men to Christ. Now, do I believe God can call anyone he so chooses? Absolutely, 100%. We serve a sovereign ruling God. And I believe by God saying, if anyone who is not a Levite meaning not his chosen priest, touches the tabernacle, a stranger, they were to receive the spiritual death, right? They would be put to death spiritually. So what this really spoke to me is about how there are an abundance, uh, it seems, of antichrist <laughs> pastors preachers teachers prophets whatever there is because you know they're always trying to impersonate the true body of christ and that's why us in the body of christ we need to have our discernment muscles buff okay and even the best of us can get fooled right what i have found when individuals get fooled um sorry when individuals get fooled or tricked by a witch or someone into thinking like they try to muzzle or buzzle their way into our ministries it's normally because we let our ego up and let our guard down and this has happened to the best of us and I believe that this happens because God sends a humbling, especially when we start getting our ego too inflated. But also, we shouldn't be worried or trying to be Christian rock stars. I don't, I don't believe we were meant to be this super rock star christian patcher preacher healer wherever you are in the body of christ i don't believe that it was meant for that to be do i believe we are meant to teach the masses yes but even god shows us because he made assignments down to the tents okay they were preachers and teachers and prophets and judges of the law down to the tens that means one prophet for 10 individuals and that was his church and then they had moses over three to four million individuals right but there was a order there was a ladder of ranks there was an organization there was a balance of the powers with 
the one being at the top and everyone could go to the next higher up for leadership and guidance that's what i would believe it's supposed to be like now that being said some of us are going to be the one in charge of the tens some of us are going to be in charge of the hundreds some of us are going to be in charge of the thousands down up to the millions and and trillions of people yes but i don't believe it's for everyone that isn't mature in the lord even moses got his ego inflated you know god said speak to the rock he didn't speak to the rock he struck the rock then he speaks to the rock you see what i mean all of us has something even solomon the wisest of us all you know he got into himself too and look what happened to him you know um so i just want to encourage others if your ministry is like this one and it's a small one it's good it's fine the point is reaching who god being available for who god wants us to reach that's the point god amen god 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 <laughs> i love my jesus all right so we can see in the numbers of the tribes here and how the camps are broken up so to review the book of Leviticus, the camps of the tribes are centered around the tabernacle of the Lord, which is what our life supposed to be centered around, the tabernacle of the Lord. So in the tabernacle of the Lord, they did the burnt offerings, the gain offerings, the fellowship offerings, the sin offerings, the guilt offerings, the offerings for if you were just so in love with God because he threw, took you through a victory. You know, you're given a praise and a raise. You go take your firstborn fatty calf and the goat and a dove and you make that offering unto the Lord, right? At this time, they are wealthy. So God is letting them know through prophecy, right? He's telling Moses through a uh, prophecy meaning speaking of the future which will come to pass in jesus name that those who are too poor to bring a goat or a calf or a bullock they can bring a dove at this point every single person in the tribe is has more than enough because they're only two years in from leaving egypt amen they still have all the riches remember uh they had to stop donating to build the tabernacle because they had an overabundance of wealth being given to them right for the building of the tabernacle from their tribe so god was letting them know like why would how should i say that if god wasn't letting them know that hey some of yous are gonna transgress and y'all gonna get these curses of being you know broke busted and disgusted because <laughs> um you're gonna go against my word but i have made it available that even the poorest among you because they've been doing the most uh transgressions against my law can make it possible to atone we serve a good god amen we serve a good god praise yahweh you are so good to us my lord um so the wisdom planning moving forward excuse me um the wisdom planning of the military and the tribes comes from now many historians say that the military planning comes from egypt so let's let's go into what they say um e 
Egypt's wisdom was okay obviously Egypt wasn't that wise or else they would have came to the Lord I'm just gonna put that out there where does the wisdom of the military planning of the tribes come from many say Egypt but I say God the white cleft version of the Bible says this in James chapter 1 verse 5 and if any of you needeth wisdom ask he of God which giveth to all men largely and unbraideth not and it shall be given unto him unbraideth not meaning he isn't going to hold anything back if we are mature in the Lord God is going to give us wisdom according to our maturity level in the Lord if God knows that you got that promise in you and he knows you're going to be faithful to you to him he can see all the ins and outs which he can God is going to unleash uh, uh, from the windows of heaven a flood of wisdom unto us. All we have to do is ask. It's so very simple. So they say it was Egypt who led, gave all this wisdom um, of the teachings for the military assignment. In another uh, Bible study handbook that I have from L. Er Erdman's handbook for the Bible it says this when the nation moved three eastern tribes headed by Judah led the way chapter 10 verse 17 gives a slightly different order of the middle section Gershonites Marianites and carrying the tabernacle then Reuben Simon and Gad followed by the Kohanites with the sanctuary the northern tribes Dan Asher and Nehateli bring up the rear. The tribal leaders are the same as those who helped in the census, which is Moses. Here, let me get that. Moses, Aaron, and Elisar. Is that what my notes say? Moses, Aaron, and Elisar. Yes, Elisar. So, we can see here that these are the ones that are leading the way because they're the ones who helped during the, here we are, during the census. Amen? Uh, here we go. All right. So, the tribal leaders are the same who did the census. Ramsey II of Egypt, Moses' contemporary, used the same hollowed rectangle for formation in in his Syrian campaign so it looks as if Moses was making good use of his earlier Egyptian military training so many like I said many historians give credit to Egypt but if we go back and we read the war scroll, war scroll all credit goes to the only living God all wisdom like it's written in james chapter 1 verse 5 comes from god for the military organizing of the camps to egypt or moses knowledge learned while living at the palace but i give all the glory to and honor to where it the glory and honor belong almighty living god why because first of all all great knowledge and wisdom comes from our Father who is in heaven. 
And although Egypt did use a square design of the encampment as recorded during the time of Ramses II, and later the Assyrians used a round or circular encampment, the fact of the matter is, all wisdom comes from God. Even wisdom used or misused by heathens, the wisdom comes from God. How can heathens use wisdom from God? I'm glad you asked. God uses heathens to bring about judgment unto his people who choose to disobey him. For it is written in God's words, For those who do not hearken unto the voice of the Lord our God, these curses will be for you. And several of those curses are, You will not eat your fruit of the vine. You will not live in that house that you built. You will not even be with the wife that you married or have the kids that live with the kids, raise the kids that I gave you. Because you did not hearken unto the voice of your God. Nations will overcome and take your land and you will be booted out and scattered. This are, those are curses that God talks about for those who do not hearken unto his voice and his voice alone. For example, Kit Tim, K-I-T-T-I-M or the Romans, or Javan, which is inscribed Y-A-V-A-N, or Greece, are used several times by God to bring judgment during biblical times onto his people who had a stiff neck, were hard-headed, and kept on disobeying him and forgetting him. Wicked, evil priests some of them were. God is a sovereign ruling God. So this means... This means, I'm going to slow it down so we can all understand because I even have to remind myself this time, or many times actually. Let me drink some water. Mm. Living water. Amen. Everything good that happens, absolutely 100% God. God gives good and perfect gifts, 100% because it's written in his word. But when something good comes about and it turns into a curse, which we originally thought from a blessing, that is kind of like a kundalini spirit, a false holy spirit kind of gift, and we fell for the devil's trick. But the only reason that was allowed to happen is because it could have been a test, it could have been a season of trials, it could have been God's beautiful Holy Spirit was trying to warn us and we didn't listen. Could be a variety of reasons. Jesus was tempted. We're going to be tempted too. Job was allowed to go to trials. We're going to go through trials too. Moses was tested. Abraham was tested. We're going to be tested too. The point is, going to God. Whenever anything comes about, whether if it's a, a job, a, a sale, um, someone new entering our life, we have to go to God. God will tell us the truth and what we are to do about it. I can guarantee the new Christians this. It's not like what other teach, other prosperity gospels teach you. There's no way that every time, it's, it's impossible that God is always going to say yes to everything. It just 
it would be like spoiling a child yes you can have that candy yes you can have chocolate yes you don't have to take a shower if you don't want to yes you can stay up late god is not going to say yes to everything it's not possible and it wouldn't be for our good and our god is a good god he will not lead us into temptation and he won't lead us to ruin amen amen so let's keep it moving why are the three sons of levi surrounding the tabernacle now i found this really um enlightening and i was praising god i was like god you are so good you're so good god when i was studying this so i hope others um really enjoy this part of the bible study because this was my favorite part of the research here we go why are three sons of levi surrounding the tabernacle this aspect of spiritual life was personified by knot amen all right so gershon these is the spiritual side of we see the natural right the part of the sanctuary and then we see the spiritual part of it remember we talked about it in the last bible study they were going to be fighting wars on earth but there was a spiritual war that was going on in the heavens they had an earthly name but their earthly name excuse me had a spiritual meaning and a spiritual reasoning behind it we have to remember that we are spiritual beings having our earthly experience and our job is to do what we're supposed to do so we could return back to our spiritual heavenly glorious sovereign ruling father amen all right so gershon the curtains of the tabernacles and veils and veils of the enclosure the spiritual aspect that is an emotional relationship with god mary i the walls of the tabernacle and pillars and the enclosement. This is what they were in charge of, right? Selfless devotion to God's word. Cannot the vessels and the screen, right? Transforming ourselves and reality. And when I saw transforming ourselves and reality, and then I was reading it back with the vessels and the screen. It talked to me about so many things, how sometimes we walk out the front door, right? And I've said this before, it depends what face you need to put on that day, at least for me, because behind closed doors, I might have been warring, fighting with demons and evil spirits all night. I woke up with bruises or a sprained ankle, maybe one punch me in my throat which i have rebuking yeshua's great name yes that has happened and i'm still a little bit you know roughed up from it let's be honest those of us who have fought in the spiritual realm but you have to try to go out there and put on your best face to the world because we are god's warriors and if you tell someone some of the things that happen in the spiritual realm even the new christians they look at you like well all right 
All right, then you're a little bit touched. All right, hallelujah. God bless you and they keep it moving, right? They think we're odd. But those of us who have been more advanced in the spiritual realm for quite some time, we know these things to be true. We know about the courtrooms in heaven. We know about the spiritual classrooms. We know about the teaching rooms. We know about the stairways and, and what lightness and darkness means and what the thunder and the lightning means. We know these things. But these things aren't normally taught in churches. They're afraid to teach of these things because they don't want to scare the congregation. They don't want people running away out the door saying, Oh my gosh, pastor is on one. We got to get going to another church, right? But I do believe there's different churches for different individuals, but... I believe by not teaching the spiritual side of the gospel, we, the congregation is being greatly cheated, especially for those who don't study on their own. Um, they're malnourished. That's the best way I can describe it. They're malnourished. They need the full gospel and we're all at different levels. Maybe those preachers, teachers, whatever they are, maybe that's not their anointing and that's when that they're called to teach. Well, I understand that, but that's why the Word of God says in a church you're supposed to have the pastor, the prophet, the seers, the healers, the rooters and caster outers, um, the praise and worship teams, the string. All of those categories of a church are to be in one church. So all of the areas are being covered. And it seems like in most locations that just that's just not what's happening. Sad. Oh well. But for those that are looking for these things, pray to God and he'll send it to you. Thank God that we have the internet, right? And all these things that God can send us a healer. God can send us a prophet. God can send us a seer. God can send us uh, a rooter and caster out. Or God can, and then God can have our, our Bible study teachers. And God can have our pastors, right? And we'll have a well-rounded church in our home. And that's, in my opinion, the best place. <laughs> if I could have church at home every day, which I do, um, I'm, in, I'm happy. I'm in, oh, praise God. When I'm alone with God, I'm at peace. <laughs> Anyhow, let's keep it moving. Um, what are some of the hands of God? So this led me to wondering about the spiritual side of what, how God makes, holds us in his hands. Now these are just some of the spiritual hands of God. This isn't all of them because we know about with the outstretched hand and everything like that. So we're just going to talk about this. The great hand signifies God's kindness, the source of his ben, y'all my accent, beneficence, right? Beneficence. Levite's son, Gershon, personified the great hand since the long and final nun with which his name was spelled depicts God's bestowal of beneficence of, to the lowest levels, which is motivated by kindness two god's strong hand signifies god's strength of serenity 
sovereignty, excuse me, and then Mariai, whose name is related to the word of bitterness, um, or like Miriam, right, which was Moses' older sister, Miriam, or bitterness is also where they were, that location in the desert where they drank from the bitter waters and then Moses had to throw a tree supernaturally into the waters and the waters became sweet. Remember this? This personified a strong hand which mirates out punishment by the bitterness. Amen? All right. So uplifted hand of God signifies God's beauty. Cannot personifies the uplifted hand since the Kohanites carried or uplifted the ark of the tables on their shoulders as opposed to other sons who were allowed to transport their prospective parts of the wag tabernacle on wagons. Each duty of servicing the tabernacle for the Levites was distributed according to the weight and manner that they had. For example, for those who had to take care of the curtains, right? Well, if they had to take care of the first, third, second, or fourth curtain, that depended on their load. So if they were taking care of the curtain that was made out of the unicorn skin, well, the unicorn skin was probably just as heavy as that mystical creature which some believe was a super large uh, alligator or a super large dragon, right? But some versions of the Bible say it was a badger skin, not a unicorn skin. In either case, the tribe carried their weight according to their duty, but it was only the Kohanites which were... Um, the one the levites who performed the ceremonies at the tabernacle they had to carry it on their shoulders the ark of the covenant which had the tablets and the rod right and the i was gonna say fun the man <laughs> the man in there right and it was on their shoulders and they were the only ones that could touch the ark of the covenant no strangers or unholy priests or fake priests could touch the tabernacle they were to stay in their lane if your job was lighting the menorah and then you tried to go and do services and touch the ark you were going to receive a spiritual death god wants us to stay in our own ministry this is why you don't see or you shouldn't see healers trying to be prophets or prophets they stay in their lane they shouldn't be going out doing the i don't know what wouldn't a prophet do because prophets do almost everything a prophet wouldn't do something that they weren't called to do by god or leading looting for god amen they definitely wouldn't be going and messing around with the dead amen all right so they want to be doing the burials because that's not what they were supposed to do they couldn't be unclean thank you father all right so let's keep that moving from that one but I, what I really liked was I found interesting that the Marianites was used only once in the Bible. And the Marianites are said to be descendants of the second son of Levi. So 
I originally thought, and maybe it was just me, that the Marionites were part of from the sons of Mary Um, especially when I saw about the bitters, um, Moses' sister. And I know some are gonna be like, that's completely wrong. That isn't what scripture says. I get that. But um I could have sworn I read somewhere in one of the books that Miriam had children because I know she had a husband because her husband was a was the one who was killed during the whole golden golden calf um, scenario. So I know I read it somewhere and I forget which book it was. I'm gonna have to look into the lost books of the Bible and see if I can find it again. But I could have sworn that she had a son and a couple of sons, but. We'll put that on the table and we'll save it for later in Jesus' name. Now, another son of Leah and Jacob are used by God. Which one this time? Reuben. In the last chapter, we read that the son that was used um, by God was one that went and got the mandrake and all these things. And he was, he was doing the most. He was not um, right, completely right with God, right, Reuben? Now we're gonna hear how Judah is going to be used by God. And I wanna read everyone out of the dictionary what it says, Bible dictionary, about Judah. So here we are going to read Judah, Judah, Judah. Okay. The fourth son of Jacob, his mother was Leah. Few details of his life are known. He saved Joseph's life by persuading his brothers to sell him to the Mennonites or the Ishmaels at Donath. His graceful, graceful actions recorded in Genesis chapter 38 left a stain upon his memory. He gradually appears to have achieved leadership among his brothers. Through his son Perez, Judah became an ancestor of David. As written in Ruth chapter 4, verse 8 through 20, 18 through 22. And Jesus Christ, Matthew chapter 1, verses 3 through 16. The blessing of dying Jacob to Judah is usually understood as a being a Masonic prophecy. Also, the name of Hebrew tribe descended from the man, Judah, described above. Caleb, a hero among the Hebrew spies and the captors of Cana, was a member of this tribe, as written in Numbers chapter 13, verse 6 and 34, verse 19. Judah was one of the tribes which stood at Mount Gerishem to bless the people excuse me, at the ceremony of the covenant and the renewal of Sikkim, as written in Deuteronomy chapter 27, verse 12. After Joseph's death, this tribe seems to have been the first to occupy its allotted territory in the southern hill country of Cana, even to occupying temporary the city of Jerusalem, as written in Judges chapter 1, verses 1 through 20. Upon settling in Kenna, 
The tribe of Judah occupied a territory extending from the extreme southern part of the Dead Sea eastward to the Men Mediterranean lying south of Kadesh Barnea. During the period of rule of judges, Judah tended to be separated from the rest of the Hebrew tribes, which lived to the north by pagan people dwellings between them. The Gibeonites as written in Joshua, the Jebusites as written oh Joshua chapter nine, excuse me. The Jebusites as written in Judges chapter nineteen verses ten through thirteen, and also the rough and wild land with the deep east west valleys to the north of Judah. The Samanites lived in the southern Judea cities, tended to become assimilated into Judah and thus to lose their tribal identity. The Othanel, the judge who delivered the people from the domination of Mesopotamium, was a Judean, as written in Judges chapter 3, verses 8 through 11. The Philistine threat must have been especially troublesome to this tribe for the Philistine plain, as it came to be called, was actually Judah's coastal plain land. The story of Ruth and Boaz, which centers in Bethlehem, occurs during the time of Judges and the first brings the country town of Bethlehem into prominence in Hebrew history. Saul, whose reign brings the judges' period to an end, ruled over Judah, and it was the Judeans who first anointed their fellow tribesman David, king in Hebron, as written in 2 Samuel chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Judah is also the name of five individuals who are mentioned in Isaria, Isra, Nehemiah, Three were Levites, one a Benhamite, probably a, and the fifth probably a prince of Judah. What I really like about Judah, the kingdom, so to speak, is when it talks about the kings, and no, they weren't all perfect, but most of them were. Um, they had the most perfect <laughs> out of all of the tribes the most kings that were right with god and i thought that was wonderful to look at because when we look at how so many aren't right with god i was like man god how how come we just can't be right with you why do all these things have to happen but god knows all right all right so another son of Leah and Jacob are used by God. So first in the last chapter, we saw how Reuben was being used by God. But in this chapter and further, we're going to see how Judah is used by God. Judah said unto his brethren and um, Exodus, here we go. What is the profit if we slay our brother and cancel his blood? 
Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, and let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother and our flesh, and his brethren were content. Now, every time you see the words hetalicized, that means there is a spiritual context uh, to the words. So right here what it says, What profit is it if we slay our brother and cancel his blood? So if we were to conceal his blood, right? We do remember about Cain and Abel, right? The blood of Abel cried out to God from beyond the grave. The same would have happened to Joseph. I believe God supernaturally spoke through Reuben and Judah to preserve Joseph because Joseph is a big deal. Joseph had to happen in order for other things to happen throughout the Bible and especially to save millions of lives as he became the second of command in all of Egypt, only second to the Pharaoh. Amen? So I do believe that there are some people in this world that are just so valuable and they're so needed in God. I know God gives us free will, but in my mind, God is like, you're the one who has to do it because the later generations are going to happen. For example, like with uh, Jonah, why didn't God send another prophet when Jonah was like, you know what, God, I'm not going to go tell that city of Nineveh um, to repent. I'm running, right? God could have raised up another prophet, but God was like, no, Jonah, you have to do it. You have to be the one. I do believe God does give us free will. And I'm not going to say, because I know it, it's not an agreement with God's word, but I, from what I read is, there are some times where God is like, look, it's nice for you to have your free will, but on this thing, I'm not giving you a choice. You will do what I say, like a good father does, right? No, you have no choice. You will eat your vegetables. You haven't eaten them in a week. You're eating them tonight. You see what I mean? I don't know. That's just what I see. Others might see it different. But I believe Jonah, um, Judah, excuse me, and Jonah, <laughs> um, they had to happen. And they weren't the best people, Reuben and Judah, as we're going to go through next. Okay? All right. Jacob's blessing that was spoken upon Judah. Now, we're going to talk about the blessings of the father. And this is why I believe... Um, even though Jacob knew his sons weren't perfect, um, he still blessed them and he, he didn't speak evil over them. He wanted the best for them. And I believe this is what God wants us to do as parents. Even if we're done everything we can do for our children and just somehow they just aren't getting it, we're still to maybe turn them to themselves, you know, like, all right, if you're not going to follow the house rules, you got to get out and go somewhere else. And until you can learn and then you're welcome back into the family because it's a privilege to serve God in this house. You see what I mean? But while they are out being, you know, vagabonds and the prodigal sons and daughters, when they come back, we receive them and we, we bless them. Amen? All right. So Jacob's blessing spoken unto Judah. Judah, your brothers will praise you. Your hand will be on their neck and your enemies. Your father's son will bow down to you. You are a lion's cub, Judah. 
You return from the prey, my son, like a lion crouches and lies down like a lioness who dares to arouse him. The scepter, the scepter, uh, excuse my accent, will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until he to whom it belongs shall come and the obedience of the nations shall be his Jesus. He will tether his donkey to the vine, his colt to be the choicest branch. He will wash his garments in wine, his robes in the blood of grapes. His eyes will be darker than wine, his teeth whiter than milk. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Now, the prophecy that is that is being spoken there about the washing of the garments in wine. Oh, fine wine. The colors, right, of the royalty, the purple garments are Jesus. And then his robes will be in the blood of grapes. Now, I know, how can I say this? About the wars and the battles and everything that's to come. And to me, that speaks about... Um, about the last days when they said there's going to be so many deaths that the streets are going to, the blood is going to be flowing like rivers and such like that. That's what that spoke to me that might speak something else to different. And I know there's other different interpretations about that verse. But when I was reading it, it just kept reminding me of in the book of Revelations, everything that's going to happen during the end times and then some of the book of ezekiel and some of the book of jeremiah and then putting it all together i can see how several different verses of the bible that talks about you know the day of the lord and then the lord's day and then the coming and the tribulation period um i can see how it lines up and goes together and i know a lot of us especially when we're new we don't get it and i'm gonna say when i first started reading the book of Re revelations i've read it a couple of times and it wasn't till this lot the whole thing doesn't make sense to me let's be honest the whole complete book doesn't make sense to me because i like to add it with the other bible verses all together but i understand it more now than i did three years ago my point is we need to keep staying right with God, keep reading and studying his word. And when it's our time in our season, God will remove part of that scale and veils from our, from our eyes, because that's the spiritual side. And we will be able to understand and receive God's spoken and written word onto us. Amen. Last time we talked about Jacob's son, Reuben, and one who was sexually perverse, but saved Joseph's life. Now we are reading and talking about Judah, which is close to Judah, ascribed Y-A-D-A-H, which means, this time I will praise the Lord, right? Because that's what Leah said. The first time, she, you know, she thought her husband would finally love her because she was having a son. But this time she was like, you know what? My husband's never going to love me. But this time I will praise the Lord in Jesus' name. Now, just a small recap. Leah 
tricked Jacob into marrying him. She essentially raped him on their wedding night because he didn't want to be with her. He wanted her sister, the one he actually loved, right, Rebecca? So this was a whole sexually perverse um, ancestral sin that was created on behalf of Leah and her father, which is Jacob's father-in-law and the grandfather of their children. From this act of deception, manipulation, what, what if they probably drugged Jacob and that's why he didn't know it was Leah because they, they're continuing to talk about mandrakes and such like that. The sons of Leah had to learn what the mandrakes were for from somewhere. Um, there's a lot of things that could have possibly happened and why these certain ancestral sins take place. But the fact of the matter is this. How and when a child is conceived has a natural and a supernatural context to it. It has a natural blessing and a supernatural blessing. It has a natural curse and a supernatural curse and we need to figure out what's going on in our bloodlines to see what we need to cancel and what we need to receive what we need to rebuke and what we need to mend to heal our souls in jesus name amen all right so leah is the unloved wife of jacob she though is honored years later even though the way she initially went about the marriage was completely, completely wrong, right? Like I said, she essentially raped Jacob. I do believe that she repented. And the reason why I believe she repented is because later her sons are blessed. Like we see Reuben, we're seeing Judah being blessed. And I believe they're also blessed because later down the line, Judah and Reuben's... Um, later descendants choose to be right with God. Amen? Later by the faithful wifely service, I believe God honored her because even though she was the hated wife, she still performed her wifely duties and she also took care of whatever part of the household she was in charge of. This is why I believe God blessed her through her children later and their descendants. Judah, like his brother Reuben, helped save Joseph's life from Judah, like his brother Reuben, helped save Joseph's life by suggesting to sell Joseph to the Ishmaelites. Now we have to remember that the Ishmaelites they refused the Torah, okay? God offered them the Torah and they refused it because they wanted to keep on slave trading. They wanted to keep on doing the pedophilia. They wanted to keep on serving Baal. They wanted to do everything but serve God. And because they rejected God, they weren't God's chosen tribe. Every tribe God offered the Torah to, to the law. God offered to be their God. The nation of Israel is the only nation that said, all that you say, we will do and obey. They were the only one. Everyone else rejected God. And because the nation of Israel said yes to God, God said yes to them and accepted them as his chosen nation. Amen? 
So Judah married a Canaanite woman, which we know um, they were not to do. The nation of Israel was to marry other nations of Israel. That is it. They were only to marry those who serve the great I am. Marrying a Canaanite, which was Cain, the descendants of, of Cain, and they worshipped Baal. They did child sacrifice. They believed in witchcraft and sorcery. They believed in cannibalism. Um, they even said to be um, some of the, yeah, we went over that, some of the descendants from Cain and that they had just evil demonic spirits possessing them. So Judah married a Canaanite woman, which he was not supposed to do. So I believe this is why later some of his descendants are, mm, well, they're not right with God. To say it and when we when we marry or go after individuals or have individuals in our life who are not right with God this is the how, how curses are set in and this is what allows a spiritual legal attack from the evil ones because we have gone against the order of God amen which was very basic we're not to be unequally yoked Plain and simple. If it ain't of God and it ain't right with God, we're not supposed to do it. The world will say it's a gray zone and if it's not hurting anyone, why not? And the world will make up all these other excuses. But the fact of the matter is, stay right with God in Jesus' name. That's all we're, we're supposed to do. If it's against God's law, don't do it. But it isn't written, blah, blah, blah. That's not the point. Every single thing goes by the order of God, and it's this. The greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with your whole heart, with your whole mind, and with your whole soul. If something we're doing goes against that commandment, it's not of God, period. It's covered under that one. Almost everything is covered under that one. I believe everything is covered under that one. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say almost, because... I'm sure there's that one thing that I could be wrong about. But always go to God and confirm. Amen? Alright. So, the Canaanites served every other god but the true living God. Shohah was jo Judah's wife. This meant prosperity. Now, there is good prosperity and there is bad prosperity. There's prosperity of the Lord and then there is prosperity prosperity of satan which we rebuking yeshua's great name what is prosperity of satan which we were rebuking yeshua's great name well i'm glad you asked getting prosperity prosperity through deception like leah did right she deceives jacob um she manipulated him she possibly drugged him that's why he didn't realize it was her to the next day he thought it was her sister that he actually wanted um Getting anything through evil means has a curse attached to it besides everything that led up to receiving that item. How you got there, what it took to get there, who you spoke to on the way to get that a deception, lying, deceiving blessing, 100%. So that's why when we get something through demonic means, which isn't good, which Lord, we repent in Jesus' name, we need to cancel every curse cancel every act that led up to receiving that of demonic means 
so that we could remove all those curses and take them away from us in and give all atonement to Jesus. Amen. Repent, repent, repent and be saved in Jesus name. The two sons that they had were wicked, so wicked that God put them to death. Judah had sexual relations with his daughter-in-law thinking she was a prostitute and produced twins. Now, I believe this is all related back to the sexual sins of Leah because these are curses that are written in the Bible. Thou shall not. We just read this in the book of Leviticus. Stay away from having sexual relations to relatives, with relatives, amen, and with minors, which the Ishmaelites never got over, right? Um, but Judah once traveling and he thinks he doesn't even recognize his daughter-in-law he thinks she's a temple prostitute which why were prostitutes hanging outside the temple why weren't they being sent away that's another story for another time right but here he is a so-called man of god seeing a temple prostitute and bargaining a deal with her ends up being his daughter-in-law and they produce twins do you see what, see what goes on here? Just like what happened with Cain and Abel. Just like what happens later with all these. Jacob himself was a twin. Oh, Lord, help us. Jesus, right? Oh, Father, 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 Father. We need Jesus so bad. We cannot act contrary to God's word and God's law and God's action and think something good is going to come of it. That is not how it works. Once again, we see how sexual sins of Leah against Jacob has been supernaturally and naturally affecting even their their great, 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 great grandchildren. Now, just because the word of God says curses will befall thee who hate God down to the fourth and third and fourth generation doesn't mean it won't carry down to the fifth and sixth and seventh and eighth generation. It might skip that fifth generation but it might come back up again in the sixth seventh and eighth and then skip the ninth and then come back to 10th 11th and 12th ever heard of malcolm x oh yes generational curses happen because when we don't get right and wise up and repent of our own sins that we created knowing and unknowingly and then repent for the sins of our ancestors Excuse me. These ancestral sins are allowed to carry over. Now, we did a whole Deuteronomy 28 class rebuking and casting out ancestral sins. Please go check that out on our YouTube station under um, our playlist. For those who would like a whole walkthrough on what the ancestral sins mean and how they can identify them and get rid of them in Jesus' name. Let's move along. Later, the southern nation and the tribes are known as Judah. Once they are all gathered together, the tribe of Judah remains faithful to King David. When there was a separating and there was a rebellion, it was the tribe of Judah that remained faithful to King David. And I believe that's why they were rewarded by God, but that's just me. 
Judah was the first tribe to go into battle during the Civil War. Judah goes first against the Benjaminites. And that's when the whole... Mm, excuse me. The War of, of um, the Civil War that happened within the nation of Israel... I was actually reading on that today and it was pretty intense. I don't know if others have read the Dead Sea Scroll, but I encourage others, go read the Dead Sea Scrolls. Please go read the Dead Sea Scrolls. If you want a more detailed and historical view of the things that happen in the Bible, the wars and, and the way of living and how the poems and psalms and, and uh, songs were made, and how they were made and and the thought process behind some of them i encourage others to go read that in jesus name all right that include concludes uh the portion the historical portion of the bible study next we're going to move on to the biblical portion of the bible study and we are going to go over the meats and potatoes of this because a lot of what is written in this Bible is, or this chapter is a kind of reiterating what happened in chapter 1. Amen? All right. Father God, in the blessed name of our Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we thank you for this teaching. We thank you for this day. We thank you for giving your word to who you wanted to receive and how you want them to receive it, Lord. May we wash ourselves in the blood of Jesus, be washed clean and ready to receive your word, Lord. Thank you for removing the scales and veils from our eyes, taking the, the cobs out of our ears so we can clearly hear. And thank you for giving us your breath and your living water so that we can clearly go out and speak your true, beautiful, living gospel, the gospel of the living God and our Jesus, amen, the only begotten Son of God, and your beautiful Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKadosh, amen, in Jesus' name, amen. And the Lord spoke unto Moses and to Aaron, saying, Every man of the children of Israel shall camp by his standard, and under the ensing of their father's house, far off about the tabernacle of the congregation shall they pitch. The heritage is passed through the father. Now, what if all they have is daughters? Well, we're going to go over that in the later chapters. But just so we're clear, if there is only a mother in the household and she is only one right with God, the heritage will pass on through her once she has gotten right with God. Amen. But their inheritance initially passes through the father amen and amen fathers are big deal big deal definition of standard strong's concordance defines the standard as a flag a bandard a standard the lexicon i really like how it goes into this part right here so i wanted to read this masculinity masculinity for the standard standard banner compares also to a construct to a putting together 
um, particular separate tribes, but their identity as in the nation. They were separated, but yet they worked together. And I really, really like this. So let me go to the standard. All right. 1714. Degal ascribed D-E-G-E-L. Degal. From, we have to read Strong's 13 to get a full rounding of what God meant for a standard. A flag abandoned as a standard. A dagar. A priam, a root to flaunt, to raise. A fig to be conspicuous, clear, noticeable, celebrated, eminent, illustrious and showy a standard was to be uncommon not an everyday kind of thing nothing ordinary and not covert banners and standards were to show up and show out this was something festive this was something chiefly this was to show the supreme glory and be glorious showing all glory to the living god now most of us are taught as Christians that we are not supposed to be flying our we love Jesus flag. That it's not humble. That it's boasting on yourself. That it's having pride in yourself. But no, we're reading here. God says you will have your standard your root in me you will raise this flag and it's nothing to be hidden or ashamed of it's something that's supposed to be clear and noticeable and celebrated to emanate it's supposed to be illustrious and showy when we go somewhere us peculiar people who don't do things that other people do we should stand out as the light of the world. Hallelujah, praise God, and the salt of the earth. Wherever we go, someone, anyone, everyone should be able to look at us and say, there's a child of the living God, and if they don't know God, they can't be drawn by like. And iron isn't sharpening iron, however you want to say that. They don't have the eyes to see. If they don't know who God is, they should be able to look at us and be like, there's something different about that person. They have a presence. Amen. And if that is not happening, there's something that is not being done. And I just want to encourage others to please go find out from God what that might be. All of this was to be over the children provided by the heritage of their father's house and centered and surrounded the tabernacle to give glory to God. Next, we're going to look at the definition of an insane. The outline of a biblical uses of a sign, a signal, distinguishing mark, <laughs> a banner of remembrance, miraculous sign, a omen, a warning, a token, an insane. A standard, a miracle, proof, proof that there is a God. I didn't realize that at Insing, the flag of our tribes, 
the signal, the mark that God placed on us. Oh, I feel that so strongly. I didn't realize until I was reading all these definitions that the mark that God put on us was proof of God's existence to those who don't believe. And I know, I know if we've said it before, you know, go out and, and show people how, how God can change a lie. But until I read these definitions, I, it didn't, it didn't click and I know it should have, but it didn't. And I was like, Oh, father, forgive me. <laughs> You're so right, Lord. We should be living as proof, living proof that you are the great I am. After reading this, it's no wonder to me that those who might be prophets or pastors or preachers of Baal, of the demonic system, those who have infiltrated and are attempting to penetrate and ruin the DNA of God and what's supposed to be holy places. It's no wonder that they teach that being glorious in God and showing how wise you are, but yet being humble enough to help the lowest among us and, and be able to reach out and help others. It's no wonder they teach to be common like the world is a good thing. To go to places but that are not of God but still show up to church on Sunday is a good thing. Amen. This is why we need to study the true word of God because we should not be doing what the world is doing or those who don't love God. We are called to be separated for a reason. An ensign meaning a sign or a signal, a, a distinguishing mark, a banner, a banner to remember, bring remembrance of something miraculous and glorious, a sign, a omen, a wonder, a token, an insing, a standard, a miracle, proof of God's existence. The insane or oof ascribed O-W-T-H or O-T-H in the sense of appearing, a signal, literally and figuratively as a flag, a beacon, a monument, an omen, a prodigy, evidence, evidence of the mark of God being upon us, of his miracles, signs, and wonders that take place through us, with us. God gave Moses a token of his rod. God gave Moses, through Moses, miracles, signs, and wonders, parting the Red Sea. As did God give all of these insigns, marks, and wonders to all of his servants, all the way from Adam and Eve, but especially Abraham. God gave through Abraham so many beautiful signs and wonders. I believe the greatest sign and wonder that God gave Abraham was the promised child also about the stars you're you will be a father of many nations and through you and your descendants the world will be blessed what a heavy weight a heavy burden to a beautiful blessing that is one of the only 
blessings I could find through reading God's word where there was like a heavy weight to it. Like, oh wow, God, your presence is so heavy on me, God. I don't know if I can take on this responsibility, but I trust you and I'm going to because you are my father kind of blessing. Amen. How overwhelming must that have been? But I don't believe I, Abraham saw it as that. He just saw, what, through me? You know, all of these things are going to happen because Abraham was humble, right, in heart. And he was meek, even though he was strong and authoritative. How glorious. As God did all these miracles, signs, and wonders through each and every one of his prophets and saints of old. He does through us. The point is for us and to us, in order to be a part of what God is doing throughout the world, we have to be good servants of God, Yah, our Heavenly Father. We must always be willing to carry the inseam and be different and stand out. We have to be willing to carry this standard and this banner and be flaunty of our relationship with him. We have to be clearly noticeable so that when others are in need, they know who and where to turn to because we are going to lead them to Jesus. We are going to lead them to the cross. We are going to lead them to the one who saves. The name that is above all names, Yeshua. We aren't going to do like others do and manipulate, lie, deceive, and coerce, and then try to get something out of doing the right thing, the righteous thing for Christ. I believe that's why God wants us to be so noticeable at home and in travel and in lodging, even in a tent, even in a adobe place, a place that has four walls and a roof but no floor we should be noticeable that we are that child of god they did it in these biblical times they did it in tents if they could do it in tents why can't we in this houses that we have now what is our excuse that we aren't living according to god's word amen Amen. Praise the living God. When we read biblical Hebrew definitions of in scenes and standards, I see where and what riches truly are. It's not cars, it's not boats, it's not purses, even books and so on. It is surrounding our house with the mark of God, with the remembrance of his promises for us with his signs and his wonders, his tokens of his affections for us, his omens and his oracles and his prophecies and ramas for us. This is where true riches lie, our God, amen. On the east side towards the rising of the sun shall they be the standard of the host of Judah, pitching according to their armies. And Nashan, the son of Amenabod, shall be captain of the sons of Judah. 
and his hosts and the number of the of the were seventy and four thousand and six hundred. Next to him shall there be the tribe of Issachar pitched, and Nathaniel, I love that name, the son of Zuar, shall the captain of the sons of Issachar. And his hosts and the number of them were four and fifty thousand and four hundred. Then the tribe of Zinbelan, then Elevad, the son of Elhan, captain over the sons of Zebulun, and his host and the number of them should be seven and fifty thousand and four hundred. The whole number of the hosts of Judah that are the hundred fourscore and six thousand and four hundred according to their armies, spiritual and physical armies, they shall be the first to set forth. Now I like the way this is reading because this is my favorite version of the Bible, but I wanted to show others because I know sometimes this could be a little bit difficult to read for others. So I received the messages and I am attempting to accommodate. So for those who would like an easier to read translation of what is being said here in the order they are being set out in the census and the numbers, I provided a living Bible translation, so this is out of my one of my Bibles, the Living Bible Translation, fifth edition from 1976, easier to read version. Okay, this says how God gave the further instructions to Moses and Aaron. Each tribe will have its own tent area, and its standard and sink and its ensign. I don't like the way it translates flagpole and tribal banner because we just saw the spiritual side of what needs to be said with a standard and an in-sync. And this is why certain versions of the Bible, in my opinion, are better than others. But let's roll with it. At the center of these tribe compounds will the tabernacle be, right? All right. So the first three tribes, Judah, Issachar, and Zebulun. So the total of those for Judah's side of the camp was 100,086 and 400. These three tribes led the way whenever the Israelites traveled to the new campsite. This is why I like this version because it says it a little bit easier for those who were a little confused last uh, Bible study. So here we go. Reuben, Simon, and Gad. It says who the tribal leaders are in that area. So the total of Reuben's sites, it says their total, these three tribes were the next in line wherever the Israelis, Israelis, oh, excuse my accent, traveled. Next in the line to march with, was the tabernacle with, with the Levites. When traveling, each tribe stayed together under its own flag just as with separate from the other camps Ethram Emanetsa and then it has who those tribal leaders were and then one there were some on the west side of the tabernacle and some on um, they were next to Ethram but later we know they split right all right so <coughs> I hope that helps others understand and I put two separate items in there for easier reading. Now we are going to move to the spiritual side of the teaching and to avoid redundancy I'm not going to go over the Bible verses again 
I'm going to go over what the Lord our God gave us um, for the spiritual teaching. And this is from the Bluestone Torah. Mm. Excuse me, let me drink some water. All right. Here we go. Thank you, Father God, for the spiritual teaching. Thank you for speaking to us and with us, Lord. Thank you for showing us your mind and giving us something beautiful to hold on to. You and your word in the cloak of our Jesus. Hallelujah. Forever and always. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Filled with the Holy Spirit, the Ruach Kaddish, and filled with the blood of Christ. Amen. The formation of the nations of Israel tribes is the same formation instructed by Jacob as he assigned his sons when Jacob instructed his sons how and to escort his burial to Israelite Yisrael for burial, meaning the nation of Israel. It the Madesh teaches the national the nation of Israel camped on earth as it is a counterpart of the heavenly courts, where God's throne is surrounded by four companies of angels, like the four formations of the tabernacle. Each flag or tribal standard was the same color of the tribe stone that was placed on the Kohanim's grandar or the high priest of the tabernacle's breastplate. For those who don't remember the high priest of the tabernacle's breastplate, please go to um, last season in the book of Leviticus. We went over that whole class that there is a playlist for that on YouTube or you can go and search for those classes on our rumble station. According to the Madesh, the tribal flags or standards and ensigns were as follows Reuben red the ensign was a uh, dodan ascribed d-u-d-a-i-m flowers that he brought his mother simon's was green embroidered representing of the city of Sechem, and the reason it was the city of Sechem. remember there was that whole war when their sister the son the sons of jacob there was a whole war when their sister was violated they went and they killed all of them said we'll only forgive you if you get circumcised and then we'll give you our sister in marriage because the prince of Sechem violated um raped uh their sister this is why they have that embroidered representation on their flag the levites were white black and red with a unum chandram and for those who don't remember when a unum chandram is uh the breastplate that the high priest of the tabernacle would wear the unum um the kohanam grandar which is aaron at this point uh the breastplate had a area in the back where the flap would open it was solid gold but the back had a hatch or door that would open and inside that back of the hatch there was a parchment that had the infallible name of god that has long been forgotten or hidden so we do not say it it was placed in there and any time that the kohanim grandar um which is aaron at this point had a question 
you would go into oh praise god to a secret place of meetings with god and he would ask god a question who should which tribe should go into battle first should we what should be the punishment for that man who was picking up wood sticks on the sabbath and whatever the answer was god would supernaturally light up the unum tandrum and that would be the answer to the priest and then the priest would go and give the order so that was on the standard for the levites judas was sky blue with a lion Issachar was blue black with a sun and moon since Issachar was famous for many scholars who calculated the orbits of the heavenly bodies to fix the calendar. Zebulun's was white with a ship. Dan's was sapphire, amen, with a snake. Gad's was gray with a battalion of soldiers. Nephetilis was pale red with oh was pale red excuse me ashers was the color of flaming olive oil with an olive tree both flags of joseph's were jet black ethram's had an ox on it manansa had a riam or a unicorn on it some say it's a rhino, some say it's a buffalo, some say some kind of majestic wild blue. I'm going to believe it's a unicorn because I believe unicorns are real because it is written in the Bible. And unicorns are mentioned in several different Bible verses. So by several different cultures also in their writing. So they can't be wrong. But always go to God because it confirm. Benjamin had a mixture of all the colors. Hey, a coat of many colors. Uh, with a wolf on there and the standards all had a name of the patriarchs written of the tribes on the standards to invoke their merit the tribes tents were not to be more than 3,000 feet or 2,000 cubics away from the tabernacle to prevent any Sabbath attendance service breaking of the law of the sabbath so they weren't allowed to do anything strenuous on the sabbath so the tents couldn't be um any further than 300 feet from the tabernacle now i maybe i don't know how far 3,000 feet is but i found myself wondering how could three million or four million people fit in that small of an area i don't know maybe i don't know god with all things god is possible amen with all things with god all things are possible with men not so much so <laughs> i maybe i can't wrap my head around how that could happen but it says it in the Torah, and that's teaching, so we're going to go with it in Jesus' name. Ephraim's formation was west, the source of the extreme weather. That's the area of, excuse me, Ephraim 
for his tent was set, his nation, the formation was west. And it was west because that was the area most extreme weather, such as hail, cold, or extreme heat came from. The west side tribes could withstand harsh elements. I believe there's something showing to where when the 10 lost tribes happen, their placements where they were cast to and fro, that is just my belief. Others might see it different, but I believe that if we were to put the tabernacle over a map of the nations, we would see what areas they were cast to. Now, I'm not a genealogist or a mapologist. <laughs> Or anything like that. I'm just a child of the living God who has a couple of different beliefs. And sometimes they make sense to me and sometimes they don't. But always confirm with God. Each tribe's color, colors of standards prophetically foretold the strengths and weaknesses, the downfalls and blessings that or the restorations that would take place for the generations of that tribe there is too many to review here in this chapter but the standards and descriptions of these tribes were a prophetic word supernaturally showing out the physical word and the destiny of the tribes people and tribes members for thousands and thousands of years but also until the returning of our Christ amen well children of God I pray others truly got something out of this Bible study I pray it blessed others in Jesus name I know we went a little bit long but we normally do. <laughs> um, I pray that everyone has a blessed week. I pray that others receive what they need to receive. Maybe a word they were waiting for from our Father. Maybe some guidance. Maybe some endurance. Some strength in these trying times. Maybe... Um, maybe just some rest i'm sure a lot of us just need some rest god is with us god is with us let's pray father god in the blessed name of our jesus christ of nazareth thank you for being with us each and every day thank you for leading and guiding your children and helping us make sense out of all these things that are going on in the world lord thank you for speaking to us prophetically clearly fatherly soundly assertively thank you for your correction thank you for your guidance thank you for your hands being upon us lord when we're with you we know we're in good hands we know that we are with a father who cares for us and he corrects us because he loves us he leads and guides us he blesses us not to 
make us lazy or not to give congratulations where congratulations isn't earned. But you bless us because you see our hard work. You see our love for you and your people. Ooh, I feel that so strongly. You see that despite every thing coming against your people that we try because we love you and we know we serve a God that is greater than everything and everyone in any circumstance and any day and any words or or things of intimidation by the evil ones and, and those with corrupt agendas we know we serve we serve the god who created the universe and spoke worlds into existence and gave us the breath of life a god who knows each number of our days and each number of our breaths each numbers of our heartbeat you're in control god and i pray each and every one of us children start living that way and we rise up and truly be like you have called us to be live by your standard and your insight be separated know whose mark is upon us know why we are supposed to be something someone that people look at and they are in awe because they know the God that we serve. There's something peculiar about your people. And it's all for your honor and your glory, Lord. Give on to God what is of God each and every day in every way. As always, we pray for our President of the United States, Donald J. Trump all of the patriots worldwide who are fighting for their freedoms at this time those who have given the greatest sacrifice they're waiting in paradise we pray for each and every family that is struggling and that is needing some comfort for you lord we thank you that your beautiful heavenly spirit is comforting them right now in jesus name that you're gonna you're gonna reward them for every tear that has ever crossed their cheek lord every mind-numbing pain that they might be struggling up now with now lord you're gonna ensure that their later days are their greater days and their sacrifice you will always remember we pray for all those that are in need and those that are being placed in harm's way God's little ones we pray for all those that are doing so many evil disgusting things just to earn a dollar and gain all these riches and these indoctrination systems that they receive your justice and judgment God we pray that they repent. We pray that they come to you, Lord. But those who refuse to humble themselves and turn to you, Lord, and they continue to harm your little ones, Lord, we thank you that justice is here in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, that so many great men and women are rising up 
they're they're they have awakened by your beautiful holy ghost and they will stay active and vigilant for the next 7,000 generations to come we will remember to stay right with God this time we will be the generation that finally gets it right for you God when you return you will find faith and believers here waiting for you looking up knowing the God that we serve and our Savior will return again we pray this all in the mighty name of our Jesus Christ in Nazareth filled with the Holy Spirit the Ruha Kaddish and sealed with the blood of Christ amen all right children of the most high ever loving living God until next time may God bless you may God keep you may we all be forever written in the book of life